you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Wasn't that good this morning? Amen. I'm glad I'm in a church where you can feel the presence of God. And uh, this morning during Sunday school, I know every class uh, had a good a good time this morning, but God just met with us in the auditorium class, and I'm so thankful for that. Amen. And uh, appreciate what God has done. If you're able to stand with us this morning, Proverbs chapter 14, and uh, while you're turning there, let me say this. Do pray for Miss Sheila. She had surgery this week, and so she's not here today, but is doing fine, and we uh, want to continue to pray for her. But I appreciate Brother David, appreciate Miss Kim and Miss April. They have been working the past several weeks just getting ready for this uh, surgery and transition until uh, she gets to where she can come back and play. Don't you thank God for people that works behind the scene, amen? And a lot of work's been done on just the choir and those things just so things will keep running smoothly. And uh, I just appreciate people uh, that'll be faithful to their job. And I thank God blessed the choir this morning. Every song God spoke to my heart about, amen? I appreciate the sensitivity uh, to just minding God, amen, and letting the Lord have his way. Proverbs chapter 14, and one verse of scripture I want to read this morning and then bring the message God has laid upon our heart. Verse number 12, the Bible says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Father, I pray this morning in Jesus' name. Oh God, that name that's above every name. Lord, would you help me this morning? I realize that without you, I cannot do anything. Lord, I need your touch this morning. I need you to breathe on this message. I realize it'll take more than an outline to speak to hearts today. God, I pray that you'd give us wisdom, leadership, and direction. God, I pray the Holy Spirit would do what we cannot do today. Lord, no doubt in a congregation this size, there are people here that needs to be born again. And I pray that you will draw them to the foot of the cross. Lord, I ask you to lift the scales off their eyes and let them see themselves as they really are. Lord, for those of us that are saved this morning, Lord, I pray that there'd be a great appreciation in our heart for the truth and more importantly, the truth of the gospel. I ask you now to be exalted. I pray that your son would be magnified and the church would be edified. God, I pray that we'll see no man save Jesus only. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach on this subject a few minutes this morning on five simple mistakes, or may I just say it like this, mistakes about salvation. Mistakes about salvation. Now, I want to be clear this morning that there is no mistake in salvation. Amen. When it comes to God's part, there's no mistaking salvation. Salvation is crystal clear and salvation is perfect. But there are mistakes when it comes to man's part concerning salvation. Anytime man gets involved in God's business, uh, if there's a problem anywhere, it's never on God's part, but it's always on man's part because God is perfect and can do no wrong uh, and can do nothing but right. But you and I are imperfect. Isn't that right? And this verse of Scripture proves that this morning uh, because what this verse is centered around, if you'll notice right in the middle of this verse this morning, uh, you'll find the word man. And there's a lot of things in this verse uh, uh, that I just want to mention this morning concerning man. First of all, I see man's direction. As the Bible says, there is uh, a way. Now, this is not the way, but this is a way. And there's a lot of a ways in this life. Uh, uh, Jesus, when he was talking in John chapter number 14, uh, he did not say, uh, I am a way. 
way, the truth, and the life. But he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But man has a direction that he is going in. And might I say this morning that man is not going in the same direction that God is going in. So I see man's direction, there is a way. And then I see man's deception. Notice what the Bible says again, which seemeth right unto a man. Now just because something seems right does not mean that it is right. Can I get a witness right there? There's a lot of people that are banking this morning on what seems right. And a lot of times I see people that will make this uh, crucial mistake. They'll say things like this. Well, uh, my heart is just telling me. Or if I know my heart. Or my heart is just leading me in this direction. I want to tell you something, friend. Don't follow your heart this morning. Amen? Uh, Too many times people say, well, it's just in my heart. I want to say something about the heart uh, that the Bible says about the heart. And that is that it is desperately wicked uh, and it is deceitful this morning. Amen? I'm not going to listen to my heart. I'm not going to follow my heart because my heart has proven that it's led me down too many wrong paths uh, in this walk of life. Amen? And just because uh, uh, you think you feel something, people say, well, I just feel like I need to do this. Well, you better have more than a feeling because feelings come and they go. People say, well, I left this church and I felt like I should go to this church. That's not a reason to leave the church. Amen. Preachers have, have resigned from church. Well, I just felt like it. I want to tell you something. Feelings uh, are as deceptive as your heart. Amen. There's only one thing that you can trust, uh, and that is the Word of God. And the Word of God must confirm everything in our life, uh, or you and I are taking a major gamble. And the Bible proves that here there is a way that seemeth right. Some people say, well, I just believe I'm going to heaven because this seems like the right way. Uh, listen, we see man direction but then we see man's uh, uh, deception and then I see man's destination notice what the Bible says here but the end thereof but the end thereof can I tell you something about life what matters most about life is the end amen it's not the beginning it's not the in between but it's the end There's a lot of people that started right, but they didn't finish right. There's a lot of people that went through life and it looked like things were going good. It looks like it's wonderful, but it's the end that counts, friend. And I'm telling you, listen, this life is a marathon. Life is a has got longevity to it. And what you have this morning uh, better be something that will see you through in the end. Uh, it better be something that will hold in the end. Uh, I see man's uh, destination, man's life is coming to an end this morning. Every one of us, our life down here is going to end one day. Young people, you listen to me. What matters most about your life is the end. How are you going to end up in life? There are people that have sold their life out for pleasures and things of this world only to find out that in the end it was not worth it. I thought about friends that I went to school with. I thought about people that I've grown up with uh, that went another way and that way seemed right. It seemed wonderful. It seemed glorious. I mean, they was enjoying life and flying high. But the sad commentary this morning is that some of them are already in eternity and the end is not good this morning. 
and see man's destination, man's deception, man's direction. But I want you to notice man's destruction. The Bible said, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know how verse 12 ends with? It ends with the word death. Man's way always leads to death. God's got one way. Man starts out with a way, but he winds up with many ways. And the end of that, man's destruction is is that he dies. Adam went his way in the garden, and guess what? Death came upon him. And Romans 5 and verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into this world, and death by sin, so death is passed upon all men. We all face death. You know why? Because one man thought he would go his way rather than God's way. And the end thereof is the ways of death. Romans 6 and verse 23 said, For the wages of sin is death. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, The soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. You see, my friend, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. I'm here to tell you this morning, if your way is not God's way, then you can mark it down on the authority of this book. It will end in destruction every time. I don't care how high you may be flying this morning, I don't care how good life may seem right now. If your way is not God's way, then it will end in death. It will end in destruction. And it will end in deception every single time. You see, there are Catholics that think they're going to heaven this morning. There are, Meth, uh, there are uh, Je- uh, Jehovah Witness that thinks uh, uh, they are going to heaven this morning. There are Mormons that thinks they're going to heaven. I know there are many diff- different denominations uh, and there are people that are saved in the Methodist church. Uh, there are people that are saved in the church of God. Uh, hey, those are different denominations. Uh, but what I mentioned, the, uh, the Mormons, the Jehovah Witness, the Catholics, uh, hey friend, that is not a denomination. That's an occult, amen? Uh, because they take away from the word of Calvary and they add to the cross uh, saying that it is of none effect. Uh, hey, there's just one way to the pearly gate uh, of the way of life and the, may, the way made straight. Uh, and if you get to heaven, uh, you will go God's way or you'll go no way this morning. There's mistakes about salvation that man has made. You see what kind of mistakes? Man has made the mistake concerning salvation when it comes to education. Some people think that higher learning and knowledge uh, will lead to eternal life. Uh, uh, but my friend, that is not true. The Bible warns us about that. In the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 6, uh, uh, the word of God said they're ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, knowledge within itself cannot save a man. Higher learning in itself, education cannot save a man. A man must come by God's way. He must come humbly. Amen. I don't care if he is a doctor. I don't care if they do have great education. Education will not buy you salvation. Amen. You cannot reason your way into heaven's gates. Some men deny salvation because it just seems too easy, too simple. But it is the simplicity of Christ that brings us to the foot of the cross. Education is a mistake that man has made about salvation. I listen, you say, well, preacher, there's some things about salvation I don't understand. Can I tell you there's some things about salvation I don't understand? There's some things about salvation I cannot explain, but what I do not understand and I do not, I cannot explain, I accept it by faith and I believe it because God said it. Amen. You might be here this morning and say, Preacher, what do you not understand about salvation? 
Number one, I don't understand how God could love somebody like me. Do you understand that? I don't understand how God could be willing to give the only son he had for somebody as sinful and wicked and sorry and low down as me. I don't understand that. I sure can't explain it. But can I tell you something? Even though I don't understand it, even though I can't explain it, I accept it by faith that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, listen, education, you can't think your way through. You just have to accept what God has said in this book. Education is a mistake when it comes to salvation. Reformation is a mistake when it comes to salvation. Some people think that if they just turn over a new leaf, some people think that if they join a program, some people think that, well, if I just change some things in my life and I do better or I live a better life, then I'm like everybody else. That's a mistake, friend. Because salvation is not a new leaf, it's a new life. Salvation is not in a plan, it's not in a program, it's in a person this morning. Salvation is not about doing better, but salvation is realizing that all of our goodness and all of our righteousness is filthy rags and that there is none that doeth good this morning. You have to realize you can't clean yourself up. You can't pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can't get out of the pit of sin alone. You can't deliver yourself. You can't reform yourself. Friend, listen, salvation is not in education and it's not in reformation. That's a mistake about salvation this morning and then I want to say it's not in organization neither amen listen you can join the Masonic Lodge but that won't get you to heaven somebody say amen amen you can join, listen, you can join the uh, the Lions Club, uh, but that's not going to get you to heaven. There are people that think if they sell enough little, uh, uh, if they raise enough money, if they sell enough little old uh, uh, cream horns or whatever you want to call it, pecan logs, uh, uh, they think that if they do enough good, uh, uh, they're going to make it into the pearly gates. Uh, I want to tell you something, salvation's not in an organization, friend. Uh, uh, you can join every organization you want to. You can hook up with the Red Cross. Uh, you can hook up with the White MCA. Hey, I'm not saying that they don't do good things. I'm just simply saying that's not how you get to heaven free. An organization is a mistake. Listen, you can join a church. A church is not an organization. It's a living organism. Amen. And my friend, being a member of the church is not the same thing as being a member in the family of God. Amen. And so a mistake about salvation is organization. Another mistake about salvation is dedication. You see, some people think that if they're just dedicated enough, they're going to go to heaven. You think about the Catholics this morning. And you think about those there 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 those that are joined the, the Catholic Church that are not dedicated, but there are those that literally give penance and are so dedicated that they think that they're going to get to heaven because of the sacrifice that they make. I remember a missionary several years ago talking about, I don't know if it was in the Philippines or where it was at, but he was talking in our church about 
watching these uh, uh, watching these Catholics as they would crawl, crawl up these steps uh, upon glass and upon different types of of objects that had been laid out until their knees and their thighs and their and their elbows and their palms and their hands were were literally dripping in blood uh, and they would crawl up so many of these steps uh, uh, to do penance uh, and to pay the price. Uh, hey, listen, you don't go to heaven based on your blood being shed. You go to heaven based on the blood of Jesus Christ uh, being shed, friend. Uh, and you can be dedicated to a church. Uh, you can teach a Sunday school class. Uh, you can sing in the choir. You can pay tithes and offerings. Uh, but none of this uh, has anything to do with going to heaven. Uh, that's a mistake about salvation. Some people think because they've been baptized or because that they're faithful to Sunday school or because their mother, their father are great Christians and, and they were dedicated and they were born in that family. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. I'm here to tell you this morning that mistake about salvation is in that of dedication. I cannot be good enough. I cannot do enough. God doesn't love me for what I do. God loves me for who he is and God loves me the way that I am. Amen. I'm not proud of that this morning, but that's what makes the love of God so wonderful is that it's not based on what I have done or what I am doing or what I'm not doing. He just loves me because he chose to love us. Regardless, I was never so sorry. I was never so wicked as before the day God found me, but he loved me then and he loved me as much then as he loves me right now when I was in sin and when I didn't love God he loved me in spite of myself he loved you in spite of yourself and he still loves me he loves me when I'm right and he loves me when I'm wrong he loves me when I'm up he loves me when I'm down he loves me when I'm faithful but he loves me when I'm unfaithful this morning God's love is not based on how dedicated of a person I am and can I tell you I'm not that dedicated. So preacher, I, I wouldn't say that. Well, I hate to inform you. You're not that dedicated, Nathan. We think we are. We're not as dedicated as we think we are. Oh, but Brother Gravely, you don't know how dedicated I own to you something. You ever live today without an impure thought? You ever live today without any doubt? You ever lived a day and done everything you were supposed to do and not anything that you shouldn't have done? I hadn't lived that day yet. I'm not that dedicated. But he loves me. He loves me. He loves you. I'm going to tell you, God, don't answer prayer because uh, I do everything right and I live right. God answers prayer because he is a prayer answering God. God answers prayer because he's a merciful God. God answers prayer because I'm weak. Uh, God answers prayer because I need him. Uh, God answers prayer because if he didn't, uh, the devil in the world would swallow us up whole. Uh, I'm telling you, that puts it all on him uh, and nothing on us. Uh, I'm saying I'm a mistake. 
mistake is that we can get so wrapped up in thinking that we're so dedicated. I'm going to tell you, I'm not as dedicated as I want to be, but I serve a God that is so dedicated that he's dedicated to love me. He's dedicated to keep me. He's dedicated to walk with me. Even when I'm not looking in his direction, he's dedicated to keep his eyes on me. He's dedicated to watch out for me. He's dedicated to be my friend. Even when I've not been the best friend, I'm talking about that's dedication. My friend, and that's in salvation this morning. Have you ever seen a parent that just kept on doing for their child? When their child was so sorry and so low down and didn't even appreciate anything they did and they kept on doing for them. When they, by all means, if they would have stopped and walked away and just said, just go on and live your life and you don't appreciate nothing and if that's the way you want to live, go ahead and have at it. And we would have said, I can understand that. But yet they just keep on, keeping on. You say, why would they do that? Love. Love. You see, Brother George, when I look at them, I say, why do they keep putting up with that? Because I don't love that person like they love them. You say, but preacher, they're so sorry and low down. Sometimes they do for me, they don't even appreciate it. I understand that. I've treated God that way before. Amen. Hide your halo and tuck your wings in, friend. Don't act like you had never been that way. I'm telling you, man, at his best is still just man. I'm telling you with all that we can do. I'm not saved because of anything other than one day I walked down an aisle and waved an old white flag of surrender and said, God, I'm guilty. I deserve to die and I deserve hell. But oh, thank God, in spite of me, a big old loving hand reached down, picked me up and said, I know you're sorry. I know you're dirty and I know you're worthless. I know you're not worth shooting and you're sure not worth saving. I know nobody else can understand it and you'll never be able to comprehend it. But in spite of who you are and in spite of what you've done and in spite of how you have lived and in spite of the disappointment you're going to bring, I still love thee with an everlasting love. I'm so thankful for the love of God this morning that he loves me. Hallelujah. You'll have to get past yourself to ever really enjoy the love of God. <laughs> Woo! You'll have to get past your goodness to ever enjoy the richness of his life. You'll have to get on your face and come crawling in and realizing that you ought to go to the woodshed and watch him pick you up at times when he ought to wear you out. But he'll take you to the table when he should have took you to the woodshed. I'm telling you, that's the love of God. That's rivers of love and rivers of mercy and rivers of grace and salvation. It's not because I deserved it. It's not because I earned it. It's not because I'm living good enough to keep it. It's just because he loves me this morning. The mistake in dedication. And then there's a mistake in confirmation. I don't care how many people confirms you to be saved. If the Holy Spirit 
Don't ever seal it in your soul. Then you listen, friend. I don't care if your mama tells you you're saved. I don't care if your daddy tells you you're saved. I don't care if the preacher says you're saved. You better hear that still small voice. He has to be the one. I remember preaching in a funeral one day in this church and and in that invitation we had seven precious souls get saved. And amongst those seven right over here there was a, 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 there was a conversation going on and I could tell that, that two people was trying to tell this other young lady that she was saved. One was her mother, the other one was her preacher. And she was telling them, she said, I'm telling you, I'm not saved. I'm lost. And mother said, you are saved. And the preacher said, I was there. I know you got saved. And she said, but I'm telling you, I'm lost. Uh, I didn't want to be rude. And I sure didn't want to make nobody mad. But if the Holy Ghost tells somebody they're lost, uh, I'm not arguing. Amen. Uh, I don't care how good they've been. I don't care how many people has confirmed it. I leaned over and I said, young lady, I said, what did God tell you? She said, he told me I'm lost uh, and I got to get saved. I said, then do what God tells you to do and it'll be all right. Uh, I won't tell you about that young lady bowed her head. Uh, and she got saved right over there. And thank God, I'm glad the Holy Spirit will confirm what needs to be said in your heart of hearts. Amen. He'll tell you this morning. He'll tell you if you're saved. He'll tell you if you're lost. And when I look at this text, salvation is not in education. It's not in reformation. It's not in dedication or organization or confirmation. You say, what's it in? It's in a transformation. You know how you know when you get saved? You get transformed. You're not the person that you used to be. You say, but I never drink, I never smoked, I've been in church all my life, I don't care. You're not the same person anymore. You say, what do you mean? I mean, you've got a different desire. You'll love the word of God. The Bible talks about great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. You'll love preaching. You'll love the Bible. Uh, listen, you'll love the brethren. Uh, you'll want to be around the saints of God. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. You'll be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 14 of the Bible says, uh, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God uh, there'll be some confirmation that will come uh, because there'll be a transformation in your life uh, there'll be somebody as a song writer song we sung this morning uh, he walks with me and he talks with me God will be real uh, because you live inside your heart and your life when I look at this text this morning I see that the way of man in verse number 12 cannot be the right way because it lacks simplicity. He said there is a way, but he ends with multiple ways, the ways of death. You know, man may start out on one route, but by the end it leads to confusion. But God's way is the good way. God's way is the Bible way. It's the right way. There's no confusion, thank God. There's no mistaking salvation when it's in Christ and Him alone. Listen, this cannot be the right way because it lacks simplicity. This cannot be the right way because it lacks security. He said it seemeth right. Can I tell you this morning, what I've got is not something that seems right. It's something that I know is right this morning. There is a security that comes in salvation. Jesus said in John 5 in verse number 24, verily, verily, 
I say unto thee, he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The Bible said in Romans 8, I quoted it this morning, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? He said, as it is written for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He said, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For Paul said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. There's security in salvation. He said in 1 John 5 and verse number 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. I know I'm saved this morning. Hallelujah. What a joy, what a peace, and what a privilege to lay your head down at night. I've worried about bills. I've worried about my children. I've worried about church problems and church troubles. I'm sure we all can think of things. I've worried about how it's going to make it. I've worried about living and I've worried about dying. Amen. And leaving others behind. But there's one thing I pill at my head. I don't ever worry about and that's eternity. I don't worry about hell. I don't worry about heaven. Friend, if I was to die today, I'm not worried about that and don't you worry about me. Somewhere's on the hillsides of glory. Somewhere's my friend on the sunny bank of sweet deliverance. I'll see you on the other side. We'll see Jesus hand in hand and face to face. There's a river of peace. There's a river of joy. There's something settled way down deep. The anchor, it still holds. The anchor of my salvation is in our great high priest, the one that went behind the veil. And my friend put the blood on the altar and it's in the blood every hope that I have in this old sinful world is anchored in the blood of the Lamb this morning. Boy, that's security, isn't it? Man's way lacks security and his way lacks sovereignty. You know what I notice about verse 12? There's no God in verse 12. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. But the laddie God's name is nowhere in that verse. And you know what? If the way that you're traveling this morning does not involve God, if it doesn't have a sovereign God in the center of it, then it's not the right way. Then I close with this. It lacks safety. Notice what he said. But the end is the ways of death. As they come and get us a song ready this morning, listen to me. I got one proposition. How will your life end this morning? I'm not talking about when you die, will there be money in the bank? I'm not asking you, when you die, will you have lived to be a ripe old age? The Bible said in Hebrews 9 and verse 27 that it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. There are people that got up this morning and got ready. They've got plans. They've got responsibilities. They've got schedules for this coming week. And many of them has no idea 
And before the sun sets tonight or before it rises tomorrow, they will face God in eternity. What if that is me this morning? What if that is you? How will your life end? The greatest assurance that you can leave behind, not insurance, but assurance, the greatest assurance you can leave behind to those that are still here is where you are in eternity. Which way are you going this morning, friend? Don't make a mistake. Say, preacher, I don't want to mistake eternity. How can I keep that from happening? you got to put your trust in the one way that will get you there. Amen. Just one way. You know why God's only got one way? Because it's simple. Because it's, it's clear. Hey, if I was to tell you how to get to Atlanta, Georgia this morning, I could tell you four or five or six different ways to get to Atlanta, Georgia. If I tell you how to get to Charlotte, North Carolina, I could tell you four or five, some's an easy way, some's a longer way, but there's several ways to get to Charlotte, North Carolina this morning. Do you know what you'd be when I got through just like man leaves every time? You'd be confused. But if I wanted to tell you how to get to heaven this morning, I can tell you how to get there. It's just one road that goes to heaven. Just one road. You say, preacher, how? What? What's that road? That one road is Calvary's road this morning. If you'll go down that road, if you'll go to the end of that road, at the end of that road, there's a cross, and there's a man named Jesus on that cross. And if you'll see him this morning, see him hanging there. Walk down that road with me this morning. Do you see him hanging there? Do you see the blood that's being shed this morning? I'm telling you, friend, if you'll put your faith and your trust in that cross, He'll save you today. And I wonder as we stand, our heads are about eyes are closed, Christians are praying. I wonder if there's somebody here this morning. If you just be honest, you say, Brother Gravely, I'm not saved. I'm not saved. If I died this morning, I, I wouldn't go to heaven. And I want to lift my hand and ask you to pray for me. Is there somebody like that this morning? You'd lift your hand and say, Preacher, please pray for me. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I don't want a mistake. And I don't want to trust man's way. I want to take God's way. I want to accept Christ this morning. I want to face somebody here like that. Preacher, please pray for me. Oh, friend, don't you go to hell this morning. Don't you put it off. Don't you wait. Listen, we're fixing to sing a song. Don't you wait one verse this morning. If you know that you're not saved, come clean before God this morning and repent and receive the gospel and be saved this morning. While Brother David sings his song, I want you to come this morning while he sings. Come on.